Hello, hello, hello. This is Gerald Salenti, and it's Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. And we are honored and privileged to have with us Judge Andrew Napolitano, one of the world's greatest judicial authorities to give you information, insights, observations, facts that you need to know as we're moving into a whole new world that we would have never have anticipated. And that whole new world, a part of it, is a very much a loss of freedom and a loss of constitutional rights. And again, there's no one with the authority and judicial background of Judge Napolitano to tell us about that. And as we just go into this, to make this very clear, we lost our rights when they, at, at levels that well, we've been losing them. But when the COVID war broke out two years ago, it's two years ago then it was really blew, blew out. Um, the, the dictatorial mandates, one after another, they told us, you, we're going to flatten the curve. You're going to stay in your house. You're going to lock down. You're going to close your business. We're going to tell you what to do. And it just kept getting worse. And we wrote in the Trends Journal two months ago that the COVID war would end by late March, mid-April. The COVID war is almost over. And now following the COVID war, is the Ukraine war. And as a trend forecaster, and I've been at this going 47 years, um, or for, excuse me, 41 years, the, I'll, anybody that's been in the business tracking trends, let me see a track record and we could talk. The future that I see right now is hell on earth. We just heard from a Russian, one of the top guys, saying that World War III will be a nuclear disaster. No kidding. How many times have I said World War III when they asked Albert Einstein, a guy that knew a little thing about an atomic bomb, what weapons will be used in World War III? He said, I don't know, but they'll be using sticks and stones to fight the fourth. We, World War III has begun. When you're a little kid, they tell you, you know, well, the war, yeah, World War I began when they, when they assassinated the Archduke Ferdinand in Sarajevo. What the hell is an Archduke Ferdinand and where the hell is Sarajevo? Hey, dumbbell, it was building up to that and that was the explosion point. We are in the beginning of World War III. And if we don't unite for peace, we are going to die for war. Judge... Napolitano, the, I have, you know, last night, Biden, you know, they're saying that, that, that Putin is out of his mind. Yeah, no crap. Is, is, how about the guy that's playing president? Does he have all his brains? He goes on to say that Biden promises to inflict pain on Putin in State of the Union address. Well, look, good morning, Gerald. It's always a pleasure to be with you, my friend, no matter what we're uh, talking about. Now you got to drive me crazy with that hand ground uh, espresso. <laughs> well, you, well, you better boogie before the lights go out because tomorrow is iffy. So you better enjoy every point of life you can. I, I understand. I understand your point. All it will take is some crazy Russian tank commander to shoot in the wrong direction and send a few tanks shooting in Poland instead of the Ukraine and the NATO treaty 
with all of its flaws uh, and all of its aggressive uh, nature will be triggered. And then the United States has boots on the ground. We have 12,000 troops uh, in Poland and we're legally obliged to defend it. So I think if anybody thinks you're exaggerating by saying World War III is just a hair trigger away, you're not. It, it's literally uh, just a hair trigger away. Um, I thought Biden's presentation last night was good, but the concept that the government will divert our hatred from COVID to Putin and use that hatred to aggrandize more power for itself until what businesses can operate is reprehensible. Sanctions are immoral. They interfere with free enterprise and with the free intercourse of commercial uh, activity. They do so without legislation. It's just this decision of one person to do it. They interfere with, with natural rights and they don't work. They're not going to hurt Putin and they're not even going to hurt the rich guys around him. We've had sanctions on Cuba since 1962. It's still run by a dictatorship. Those poor people are still as, as uh, repressed as they, as they had been. Sanctions are a facade. And because they interfere with free enterprise and because they hurt innocents, they're immoral and they don't work. But they give the government more power and they give the government what it loves, the ability to create the impression that it's doing something. The United States, and can, again, I'm totally opposed to what Putin has done, you know, totally opposed to it. Well, what he's done is, is, is monstrous and, and immoral and, and unlawful. He's invaded without provocation. He's targeted civilians and he's used weapons that the whole world has uh, outlawed for two generations. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally, totally opposed to this. And as, but however, it's the pot calling the kettle black. Yes. 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 So what, what's your favorite war, Judge? Did you like I, I, I know the Korean War. <laughs> I think you I you know, knowing we were around the same age, we love the Vietnam War. Oh my god. How the about last... how about the Yugoslav War? No, no, I think the um, the Afghan war was my favorite. How about the Iraq war? Oh. How about the Syrian war? How about, I want that guy Gaddafi out of there. We're going to destroy Libya, the richest country in Africa, where people had more benefits and rights than most of the world. How about the Yemen war? Oh, we won't talk about the 13, the, the worst humanitarian crisis on earth. We won't talk about that at all. The Yemen war that began, announced in March of 2015, the Saudi ambassador announced it from Washington, D.C. Right. I watched right. it. And right. they sent over that arrogant little boy, that arrogant little, now he's Secretary of State, before he was Undersecretary, Assistant Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, to go over to Yemen to help the Saudis with intelligence to defeat the Houthis in Yemen. Well, we won't talk about America's murderous, murderous wars. And here's Biden. How dare they? How dare they do what we do? Well, you're right. I mean, the, you know, George W. Bush has actually been uh, indicted 
Actually, he was convicted in a war crimes trial in Malaysia, but wow. that's Malaysia. He's been indicted by uh, an EU judge in Spain. He can't go to the European Union, and the indictment is for war crimes, for invading Iraq under a pretense, the possession of weapons of mass destruction, which I guess only Russia, the Israelis, and the Brits in the U.S. are allowed to own. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and for tar for targeting uh, and for targeting civilians. So if if the ICC, the International Criminal Court, were to indict uh, Putin, Bush's trial would be ahead of Putin. So I'm laughing a little bit because there's never going to be uh, a trial. But the indictments are real and the arrest warrants are real. We know that from General Pinochet of Chile, who was arrested when he went to Great Britain because of a Spanish EU-wide uh, indictment. But But the point is that you're making is a very, very sound one. Uh, Joe Biden and the um, American military, industrial, intelligence, Federal Reserve, deep state establishment are condemning Biden for doing almost literally the very same thing that they praised George W. Bush for doing in, uh, in Iraq. And the whole thing is the government needs a boogeyman. The government needs somebody for us to hate. For 50 years, we hated the Soviet Union. Then we were told to hate Saddam Hussein. Now we're told, then we were told to hate COVID. Now we're told to hate, um, to hate Putin. Why do they like this hatred? Because it allows them to expand their power. It allows them to wage war. It allows them to kill. It allows them to regulate private behavior because the target is someone or something that they've told us we must hate. Yep. You mentioned, by the way, you meant, uh, you meant, Putin, but you said Biden the second time. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the hate, but I just wanted to make it clear to everyone listening. Yeah, thank you. you. Know, the um, no, this is this is this is the, again. You know, from the COVID war to the Ukraine war to, to World War Three. You know, this is serious. You know, we had this. You were here. You were there. We had a rally on the Fourth of July. Unite for peace. And restore freedom. I loved that rally. That was the, that was the best you've ever had, and we'll do it again. Yep. And the point that I'm making here, Judge, for everybody listening, if we don't unite for peace, we will die in war. And you made the point: these sanctions don't hurt Putin or the oligarchs; they hurt we, the people, the average person. And it's the same thing that they're doing. They're doing it again. And here again, as we look at it outside the political realm, how about the, uh, the price of uh, bread crude right now? Oh, it's only at $107 a barrel. All the people out there, us plantation workers of Slavelandia, you know, when you put your, the gas in your car, you're looking at the thing. The rich people don't do that. These sanctions are hurting us. Correct. They're not only hurting the Russians. Again, we detail in this week's Trends Journal the prices of wheat, the prices of palladium, one after another, skyrocketing, skyrocketing. You know, one of the sayings I have, there was a thing called um, the 1929 market crash. Followed by the Great Depression, and then what followed that? War. World War II. What followed 
the dot-com bust in 2000. Oh, the Afghan war. Right. When all else fails, they take you to war. Right. And the people are buying it. They hate the Russian people. That's like hating, that's like the rest of the world hating us because of what Bush and Cheney and, and, and Rumsfeld and, and Obama and Clinton did to other countries. Correct. There's no basis to hate the Russian people. Look, they, they have a dictatorial government that knows no uh, restraint except what he, he thinks he can get away with. But, but, but uh, objectifying hatred on the Russian people is absurd, but you're right. The government will preach that in order to start or fight a war, because as you said, that's, that's a great one-liner. When all else fails, fails, go to war. Yeah, they take you to war. They do it all the time. You know, <laughs> you know about Smedley Butler, right? Yes. War is the health of the state. Yep. And this is what the most decorated Marine in the history up to the point when, when he made that, that statement. Correct. And, Correct. and so, Judge, you know, we're in a, what do you see happening here? Where do you think it's going? Unfortunately, I think it's going to get a lot worse. I think the government uh, needs war to, uh, to feed its patrons and to induce the unity of the American government, of the American people behind the government, to bring about the uh, pliant nature of people who will say, well, we got to support this, to open up people's coffers. I mean, war literally is the health of the state. And when the state is failing, just in, in those instances that you, uh, you told us about, which are historical truisms and facts, and they're not even subject to debate, uh, war was the cure. Of course, war destroys. It destroys things. It kills uh, people. It wastes assets. But it does unite people. And when war is over, there's a euphoria and the, and the economy comes back. And it doesn't matter if it's a Republican president or a Democratic president. It could be a conservative Republican uh, or a liberal Democrat. The forces uh, of government are the same no matter who the president is. And the forces of government want war. They also want to objectify someone uh, or something as a target, and right now it's Vladimir Putin. And after it's Putin, it'll be someone or something else. I mean, look, the COVID uh, experience showed us how fragile democracy is and how easy it is to crush our freedom. And, and, and think about this, because you're the first one that told me about this now a month ago. Who would have thought that the freedom movement would have begun with a bunch of unshaved, unwashed truckers in Canada, of all places. Now that's the beginning of a freedom movement. That's the beginning of a blue-collar demand to leave me alone, leave to me get alone. out of my bank account and out of my gas tank and out of my veins and let me live my own life from a bunch of courageous truckers in Canada, of all places. Um, Trudeau is still reeling from the beating that he took in, in the minds of people because of the dictatorial manner in which he, he treated those people who are just expressing uh, a wish to return to their freedoms. And, you know, when he initiated the Emergencies Act... Yeah, well, that's repellent. 
right? And what did he do? If you donated to the Freedom Convoy, we're taking your money. Correct. Yep, your retirement account, whatever you have, whatever you have, we got it. And they right. still have it. Right, right. Everything this, the government has, it has stolen. Everything it says is a lie. I mean, that statement is almost literally true. If yeah. the government takes it, it's not theft. I mean, Murray Rothbard argued that taxation is theft. So you can call this what you want, taxation, confiscation, enhancement of national security. It's, it's just plain blankety-blank theft that they took money from innocent people. How you get it back under Canadian law, I don't know. Yeah, again, but even though, you know, nobody likes Trudeau or whatever, the Emergency Act is, you know, what, what he did is he robbed the people of the freedom and the parliament voted for it. Right, right. And what I'm saying to everybody here, let's suppose all of a sudden, judge, judge, I just heard, they, a bomb went off and in, in, hit Wall Street. What would happen? A declaration of a emergency of some sort. I mean, we have Supreme Court opinion saying there's no emergency exception to the Constitution baloney. They get away with whatever they want. They'll enact the Patriot Act, and which allows spying without a warrant. Uh, they'll prevent certain economic activities as they're doing now. The government will do whatever it can get away with politically. And when it, when it objectifies hatred or fear, it can get away with almost anything politically. That's right. And I believe there's going to be a false flag or real, some kind of attack. They have the people all set up for it now. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, another, what we'll call it, <laughs> isn't that some name, a Patriot Act? Yeah. Well, the, the opposite of, of patriotism. The most reprehensible piece of legislation ever enacted since the Alien and Sedition Acts in 1798, which made it a crime to criticize the government. Yep. They're going to do something else like that. And just like they, you know, I tell the story of what happened on 9-11, you know, uh, without going through a lot of detail, I expected something like this. USA Today used to do my top trends every year. And the headline in USA Today in December of 2000, and the new trends come out for 2021, we put them out, uh, 2001, we always do them in December for the coming year. 2001 won't be our year, Trendseer says. And I warned that a wave of anti-Americanism was sweeping the globe. And Americans wouldn't be safe at home or abroad. It's there. Everybody could read it. So 9-11 happened, and I'm watching it happening on TV. One of the first things I did, I called the bank. I had certificates of deposit. Remember in those days you used to get interest rates when you put your money away? Yeah. I said, send my money to Rhinebeck Bank. Because the planes are coming down the Hudson River, and I don't know if they're going to hit Indian Point. If they hit Indian Point, the nuclear power plant, which I know exactly where it is, I used to go water skiing there as a kid before I watched it being built. I said, if they hit that power plant, there'll be chaos, they'll be uncontrollable. So I had guns, gold, and a getaway plan. I couldn't get my CDs, they closed down Wall Street. What I am saying to everybody there, Everybody listening, you better have a plan. Plan for the worst. If the worst doesn't happen, you lose nothing. If the worst happens and you're not planning for it, you lose everything. Imagine, 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 imagine we're in Kiev right now. What a wonderful life we'd be having now, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be, oh, it'd be so gorgeous. We'd be so happy as bombs away. 
And the same thing can happen. And we must unite for peace. It's not united we stand, divided we fall. United we stand, divided we'll die. I knew you were going to say that because, again, it's a, it's a truism. But the American public are like sheep, Gerald. We accepted the lockdowns, we accepted the masks, we accepted the vaccines, and they made life miserable for those uh, who disagreed, which is why democracy is so fragile. Uh, the, the answer is uh, secession. The answer is breaking away uh, from the federal government and, and living in, in enclaves where people agree with you and where your freedom is uh, respected and where the feds have no say. But if there's a world war, it's, 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 it's the annihilation of, the, of, of, of life on Earth. It'll be... If the, well, if it's a nuclear war, yes. Yeah, and it, that's what it'll be. You know, again, worse than nuclear, whatever it might be. He, you know, this is uh, last night with uh, Biden. We are choking off Russia's access to technology that will sap its economic strength. Isn't that great? Doesn't hurt the people that make the decisions. It hurts the middle class and the lower classes. And it hurts innocent people all over the world. Yes. By raising prices and reducing the availability of marketable goods. And then he goes Russian on. Russian planes can't fly over American airspace. Does that hurt Putin? No, it hurts no. the people that work for those airlines and it hurts the people that want to patronize those airlines. Yeah. He goes on to say, huh. the state of the union is strong because you, the American people, are strong. Strong? These guys couldn't fight the weight of a paper bag. Look what the American people look like. Oh, only 72% are overweight and 42 40% obese, strong. And you were talking about the, the Freedom Convoy in Canada. How about the Freedom Convoy that never happened in America, the Truckers Convoy? They were supposed are, to be down in Washington. Where are those truckers? I, I was told to expect, and I think you were as well, a few thousand trucks surrounding D.C. last night. Nothing. A couple of hundred, hardly anything showed up out of a country of, what, 332 million people? Yeah. Compared to Canada, were they about 60 million or something? Around there, thirty million, whatever. Yeah. It's a lot smaller in population. Yeah, tiny compared to the United States in population. Well, that's why I said, who would have thought that a bunch of blue-collar guys in Canada would be the springboard for a revival of uh, of freedom? And then finally, he goes. Now is the moment to meet and overcome the challenges of our time, and we will see one people, one America, the United States of America. You ready? May God bless you all. May God protect our troops. Do you think God is on that side of, of, of war and troops? Well, it's a line that uh, he thinks will resonate uh, with his base. I don't know what he believes. But I mean, what God, do we, what God would support this kind of talk? It's not a God. And it, go, it goes I on think, to say... I think with old Joe, it's just a figure of uh, speech. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's blasphemy is what it is, as yeah. I see it. He goes on in his speech, Biden promised... Huh, 
to bring together scores of U.S. allies, you ready? And spend hundreds of millions of dollars to send weapons to Ukraine's resisting an unprovoked Russian invasion. Millions of, send weapons. Not talking about peace. How can we solve this? How can we solve this? No, we're going to escalate it. We're going to escalate it. Well, what happens when uh, mainland China wants to take Taiwan? Oh, they with got which, it. With which we do have a treaty. What do we do? It's, it's absolutely insane if we, were to, if we were to fight over that. Insane. Oh, you mean you don't think the Americans could beat the Chinese? I mean, look, they, look what they did to the Taliban. What was it about 89,000 of them? Oh, the, the Taliban? Oh, 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 we'll, oh, we'll beat the Chinese. Oh, yeah. Right, right. right. No, Judge, well, we, we are... Started. These are dark days, uh, yes. Gerald. And the best you and I can do and the wonderful people listening to us is to warn everybody, to be prepared, to understand what your rights are and to be prepared to take your own safety into your own hands. Yes. And Anybody that says to me, why do you need an AR-15? That's it. Turn on Fox or CNN and look at look at what's going on. God forbid that happens here and you can't defend yourself. That's right. Again, I have my GC's three G's, guns, gold, and a getaway plan. There you go. Yep. Thank you, Judge, so much. And uh, everyone, please do what you can to support peace. We have Occupy Peace, of course, OccupyPeace.com. Again, united we stand. Divided, we will die. Oh, Gerald, you know who I have on uh, Judging Freedom today? Phil Giraldi. Oh, great. Oh. Yeah. What a great, great human being, ex-CIA, who exposes the government for all of its failures and all of its excesses. And he's like you, Gerald. He's fearless. Please give him my love. And by the way, in this week's Trends Journal, we have Phil Giraldi's article about what's going on. Yes. If Thank you, get, you, Judge. If you want to watch Phil, it's Judging Freedom on YouTube, uh, 2.45 this afternoon. Judging Freedom on YouTube at 2.45 Eastern Time today. Thank the you, Judge. Great Phil Giraldi, yes.